Hello, and welcome to The Point Being, a weekly podcast from Ipsos Public Affairs. Here we dive into the latest public opinion research as it relates to the news of the day. I'm Kate Morris, a data journalist at Ipsos, and I'm joined by Sarah Feldman. Hey. Also a data journalist at Ipsos, and Ipsos research leads Chris Jackson. Greetings. And Mallory Newell. Hi there. Over to you, Sarah, for a rundown of what we'll be discussing this week. Thanks, Kate. Uh, Well, with the opening ceremony for the Tokyo Olympics tomorrow, we're going to be talking about how Americans and the rest of the world feel about the show going on amid this little thing we call the pandemic. Plus, we're going to get into our newest data on COVID and the vaccine. So, Mallory, let's kick it off with some talk of the games. Are Americans even going to be tuning into the Olympics tomorrow, the opening ceremony? Um, good question. <laughs> kind of. Um, you know, I think I think some Americans are, many aren't. Um, I would say that the the overall story that we're seeing in our data is what I would characterize as a, a muted interest in the Tokyo Olympics this year. Um, you know, I, I do want to note though that this polling was done um, before reports of athletes getting COVID in the Olympic Village came out. So it's actually possible that public opinion is continuing to shift right up until the opening ceremony, um, which I think, honestly, just as a side note, really speaks to uh, the very fluid nature of the virus and changing public opinion that um, we're experiencing right now because of the Delta variant. So We'll get into that more later, but bringing it back to the Olympics, um, you know, I think that Americans really kind of pick and choose their interests, right? There's a couple niche sports. There's a couple of specific athletes that are draws for them, but the Olympics as a whole is sort of uh, not a big deal. Um, So one of the things that we asked in recent Ipsos polling is, um, You know, who's the most exciting athlete for Americans? Which athletes are you most excited to watch? Uh, Perhaps not surprising, a Miss Simone Biles topped the list for Americans, um, particularly among women. So those planning to watch the Olympics are really excited to see Simone Biles. Um, You know, some other athletes you know, think LeBron James, Serena Williams aren't participating in the Olympics. And so it's it's Simone Biles and gymnastics that are a big draw. Now, in some other polling that we actually did in a little over two dozen countries around the world, we asked people which events they were most interested in following this year. Um, globally, Football, or soccer, as we know it, tops the list. Um, But not surprisingly, because, you know, it's always kind of struggled to gain a foothold, no pun intended. Um, Americans aren't really that interested in soccer. Uh, The two sports where Americans are really keen to watch are gymnastics, no surprise, given the interest in Simone Biles, and swimming. Um, But I think we have to keep in mind that, you know, About one in three Americans say that they don't plan to watch. Um, About another third don't really have any favorite athletes or people that they're looking out for. And so honestly, besides gymnastics, a.k.a. Simone Biles and swimming, I think the big story here, 
other than the big story of athletes getting COVID, it's obviously the real big story, <laughs> um, is that we're all just kind of swimming in a sea of meh when it comes to the Olympic Games. Yeah, Mallory, you know, when I was looking at that global data that you were referencing, our global advisor poll on the Olympics, I was noticing that same ambivalence um, outside of the U.S. too. You know, it's not just here where people are feeling it. And in fact, it kind of extends beyond ambivalence to outright frustration that the games are happening, particularly in countries closest to the Tokyo Olympics. So in this poll, the host country, Japan, and it's close neighbor, South Korea, one in four felt that the Olympics shouldn't even be happening given the state of COVID. And this was fielded back in the spring. So again, before any reports of athletes getting COVID in the host country, Japan. Um, and beyond that, places where the their national vaccine campaign hasn't really taken off, hasn't reached the majority of the country, people are much less likely to feel the games should be going ahead in light of the pandemic. Um, and the only real exceptions to that general rule of meh or frustration are countries like Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Turkey, which are all pretty much in favor of the Olympics continuing regardless of the pandemic. So, you know, the world is pretty divided on whether the Olympics should be happening. There's some ambivalence, there's some frustration, and only a few countries where people are really pumped that that it, they're going on as is. Yeah, and speaking of places where there's some divided opinions and frustrations, I mean, even here in the United States, we're seeing that partisanship is rearing its ugly head when it comes to the Olympics. Uh, and I think that potentially is sort of feeding into some of the meh attitude we're talking about. Um, you know, for instance, uh, when we ask Americans about the games um, – and about various sort of policies that are surrounding it, we see some pretty big differences based on partisanship. So for instance, uh, the host country, Japan, barred spectators uh, to reduce the risk of COVID. Democrats generally think that's okay, that's a good idea, 63%, but Republicans don't. Only one in three say that they think it will, uh, th th that that should be done. Um, and we see similar things when we ask about if Olympic athletes should be allowed to protest during the Olympics. So it's, you know, raising your fist or kneeling during the anthem or what have you. Again, a majority of Democrats say yes. A majority of Republicans say no. Um, or even, you know, sort of things that aren't necessarily directly related to the Olympics, but are, you know, a little closer to home, uh, like the use of marijuana or cannabis, where uh, an Olympian was actually removed from the team just before the Olympics because she tested positive for uh, marijuana in her system. Um, you know, a majority of Republicans still say that that should happen versus a minority, a very small minority of Democrats. So, so we're seeing partisanship and politics sort of influ in infusing into views of sports, much as it has in other sports like the NFL and and and. Uh, the NBA in the United States. Uh, and that's, I think, contributing to a little bit of what we're seeing. However, you know, the one thing that's sort of still kind of interesting and still kind of bipartisan is most Americans still say that the American team's performance and participation in the Olympics makes them proud to be an American. So there is still that one note of, of unanimity, that one note of, uh, common ground for people but uh 
but you know, aside from that, there's lots and lots of partisan space di- divisions that I think is also sort of impacting how people are looking at it. So, you know, even though we may all be sort of excited to watch Biles do sort of, you know, the crazy flips that she's able to do that no one else can do and <laughs> wins all the medals, um, the pandemic and sort of the partisanship and everything else that's just kind of looming over it all and is making it sort of hard just to enjoy the show. Yeah, on that note, let's talk about the coronavirus. Um, we just got our latest wave of the Axios Ipsos coronavirus, coronavirus Index earlier this week. So we have a really current snapshot of how the public's feeling about it all right now. Um, Chris, I was wondering if you could talk about this a bit and especially how are feeling about the Delta variant. Yeah, you know, we... We were actually a couple of months ago talking about how America had gotten past the pandemic state of mind and had actually started talking with Axios about like, maybe it's time to start winding down this tracker because things weren't changing that much. And and it looked like we were sort of getting towards the end. And of course, reality uh, proves our, our thinking premature as usual. Um, so what we're seeing this week in our Axios Ipsos coronavirus tracker is a relatively sharp uptick in concern and perceived risk of coronavirus. It had been going down for months and months, uh, really leading back to March, uh, once the vaccine sort of really started getting rolled out in earnest. Um, but in this most recent wave in, in mid-July, we, we see it sort of see these numbers sort of bouncing back up. And they're bouncing back up primarily with people who are vaccinated not necessarily with the people who are not vaccinated. So it's really, it's the people, it's the, you know, about two thirds of adults, a little over half of the full population that's gotten the vaccine are the ones who are a little bit worried, a little bit more concerned right now um, uh, as a consequence of the Delta Delta variant. And we are seeing a little bit of uh, behavior change in terms of people aren't going out quite as much. Uh, people aren't, uh, aren't, you know, sort of seeing their friends and family quite as much. They're not going out to eat quite as much. Um, though, again, like those numbers haven't really gone down significantly. It's just slightly um, and slightly more people say that they're social distancing right now uh, compared to where we were in late June. Um, but we have not seen actually sort of the bigger preventative measures moving. So we have not seen vaccine uptick increase. The the rate of getting vaccinated has really sort of plateaued um, really since uh, late May. We haven't really seen a big change in the number of Americans who've been vaccinated. And mask usage actually is continuing to decline uh, with Americans less and less likely to be wearing a mask at all time. Now, you know, some of these places that are reimposing mask mandates are just kind of happening. Uh, so, you know, we'll see in our next wave if, if we actually see mask usage go back up or if we see vaccine rates go back up. But, you know, right now, Americans may be giving a little bit more social distance. But other than that, we're not really seeing a lot of behavior change, even though people are increasingly concerned about the Delta variant. Yeah. And on, on that note, I mean, if you do separate out the popu- the um, the subset of the population who are concerned about the Delta variant versus those who are not. Um, similarly to what you were saying about the vaccinated versus unvaccinated, there is um, a change in opinion um, and risk perception. Mm-hmm. So when we look at, for instance, um, the change in social distancing, um, levels of concern about the Delta variant drive that. Um, 
I mean, from the last wave to this one, there was a 10-point increase among those who are concerned with the Delta variant in terms of how likely they are to be social distancing, and now it's at 50%. So in, from my perspective, I mean, that's a pretty big number for mm-hmm. in, a, yeah. in a part of the in a time when we're supposed to be heading towards reopening. Um, and it, it's also impacting how they feel about going out to eat. Um, but what's really, I mean, what's really kind of striking to me is how risky people think it is to re-engage with their pre-coronavirus lives. So if you're concerned about the Delta variant, you see some risk there. If you don't, if you're unconcerned with it, essentially you see zero risk. Um, So again, we're kind of just going off on our parallel tracks uh, as a country, many different ways. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think another point too here is that um, public opinion around the Delta variant is is moving. We have seen some shift um, arise in concern about it from the past wave. And as Chris mentioned, I mean, it's driving some small behavioral change overall. But while opinion might be fluid around the Delta variant, it's not changing in other areas, specifically vaccinations. Um, yeah, Molly, I wondering if you could <laughs> talk about that, the state of vaccinations in the U.S. Absolutely. And I think that's a good point, right? Opinion is evolving for a certain sect of the American public. You know, a certain group is more concerned than they were a couple of weeks ago. A certain group is, you know, starting to maybe pull back on their out-of-home behaviors. Um, but that's really not the case for the unvaccinated. Um, to put it simply, honestly, those that were concerned about the virus before are still concerned or, you know, increasingly concerned. And those that weren't still aren't. Um And so how this is kind of manifesting itself is really interesting, right? Um, Because we're seeing pockets of the country where vaccine resistance is still really high. You know, um, vaccine hesitancy is highest in in the deep south Um, and not to tie everything back to partisanship. But, you know, there there's been a lot of actual data that backs up the the difference that we're seeing in red states versus blue states with um, actual, you know, marked differences in um, vaccine levels among adults. Um, this also happens to be where we're seeing a bad spike in cases. You know, Florida and Mississippi are, are leading right now for a daily spike in COVID cases. Um, but I want to dive a little bit deeper, right? Because like public Public health data shows all of that. We we understand who's getting vaccinated, who's not, where the holdouts are, you know, all of that. But what's interesting is if you actually kind of probe the holdouts a little bit more and you ask people what will persuade you to get the vaccine, if anything, and that's where things get um, a little bit murky, you know. So in the latest Axios Ipsos coronavirus index, we asked those that have not yet been vaccinated. So about 30 percent of adults in our survey, um, you know, we gave them a couple of scenarios. If you could get the vaccine at your doctor's office, if you're employed, if you could get time off from work from your employer to go get it. Um, shout out to Olivia Rodrigo, if a celebrity <laughs> or public figure you liked endorsed the vaccine. Um, and and yes, if if a door to door community volunteer came to discuss it with you, something that is um, receiving a lot of pushback in in some states. And what we have found is that ultimately 
these strategies to reach the unvaccinated simply aren't. Um, a vast majority of the unvaccinated say that, you know, regardless of these scenarios, they would be not at all likely to get the vaccine. Um, the two options that seem to fare the best are if you could get the vaccine at your doctor or primary care provider's office and if your employer gave you paid time off. Um, but ultimately, these these strategies to to move and budge the unvaccinated, you know, aren't aren't showing signs of doing so in greater numbers. So I think then ultimately the question becomes how, if at all, we can kind of peel off and, and nudge some of the unvaccinated, because that's really how we get to herd immunity, right, is finding a way to reach some of these holdouts. Um, and, you know, broadly speaking, like I said, the strategies that are being pushed to reach the unvaccinated aren't, but but I think we'll we'll kind of, you know, perhaps throw some more things at, at the wall in our next survey to see what, if anything, sticks. We've seen in the past couple of days, even conservative news media, you know, Sean Hannity, politicians like Mitch McConnell are actually coming out now and endorsing getting the shot. Um, states are offering lotteries. There's always the question of just outright paying people, you know, like a, a little vaccine stimulus. Um, so I think those are some things that we probably will continue to explore in some forthcoming research with Axios. Would we dare explore the vaccine mandate possibility? Yeah, but like if you ask people about a mandate in, in that wording, you know, that that's not going to convince people. Right. We live in a country um, founded upon personal freedoms. So, you know, Olivia Rodrigo may not convince people. Can't say that a, a mandate would be any more successful than than she would be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for this week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, and on the subject of vaccine mandates, actually, there's a great um, Times opinion piece from Ipsos's Cliff Young and Professor Justin Guest on, on that subject and what it would take to get the country to herd immunity. Um, beyond that, we also have a really interesting poll out this week from, uh, from Public Agenda in USA Today on um, America's democracy in crisis. Um, so I'd recommend checking all those out. Um, all this and more can be found at ipsos.com news and polls and follow us on Twitter at Ipsos US as well. So um, thanks everybody for tuning in. Please join us next week. I'm Kate Morris and you can find me on Twitter at Callison Morris. I'm Chris Jackson. You can find me at JCB Jackson. And Mallory Newell at Mallory Kate. That's Kate with a C. And I'm Sarah Feldman and you can find me here next week. Thanks.